0: This podcast touches upon some complex topics. The creators have endeavored to deal with the issues honestly and with the sensitivity they deserve. They have also reached out to all key players for their comments and present a balanced and factual account. We ask that listeners consider each episode in its full context. In August 1983, Lee Kuan Yew was making his annual National Day Rally speech at the National Theatre. LKY, as many call him, was Singapore's legendary first prime minister, widely credited for fast-tracking the nation from third world to first. As the head of the People's Action Party, or PAP, he was, in 1983, riding the crest of an almost quarter-century-long political reign. Yet in his speech, Lee seemed anxious about where his country was headed.
1: Looking down the road, for every two uneducated workers, with a bit of exaggeration just to make my point, in 25 years' time, you will have four. We will have four. And for two graduates, we may end up with one.
0: Singapore's overall birth rate was declining, And Lee said the problem lay with women. Specifically, the nation's educated women were having too few babies, while uneducated women were having too many, in his view. For Lee, this did not bode well for future generations.
1: I don't want to be misunderstood. I think everybody has the right to be represented in the next generation. And indeed, I think everybody should be represented. That is my complaint that the educated are not having themselves in the same proportions.
0: With this speech, Lee launched a set of policies that came to be known as the Graduate Mother Scheme. These policies meant to encourage women, or rather, the right kind of women, the ones with university degrees, to procreate. At the same time, they encouraged uneducated women to have fewer children or none at all. What this speech also launched, however, was a potent and energetic resistance, one that turned a dramatic page in the story of women's rights in Singapore.
2: Drama 2, apparently, at the AWARE office as well. We're here to further the cause of women. I
3: remember thinking, whoa, who are these people?
2: AWARE is very, very strong organisation Aware should not touch its message.
0: So, in a sense of like, just watching the house when done. How do you conquer another country? You basically take over the palace. I'm Bharati Jagdish, and this is Saga, episode two,
4: The Coup. I had this minor impulse to walk out, but of course you can't, you know, you're a journalist.
0: Margaret Thomas remembers the day well. She was 32 and covering Lee Kuan Yew's National Day rally speech as a reporter for the Singapore Monitor.
4: He went on with showing all these stats about how graduate mothers were not getting married or getting married too late, not having enough children. The Prime Minister said that
0: his new policies were centred on the fact that, quote, biologically and genetically, every mother and father contributes equally to the child's physical and mental attributes.
1: we took. certain irreversible steps. We must now take further steps to bring the demographic trends back to norm.
0: As part of the Graduate Mothers Scheme, the government handed out tax incentives and priority school registration to female grads having children. They launched segregated matchmaking agencies, one for graduates and two others for non-graduates, Singapore's long-running, stop-at-two population planning slogan became have three or more if you can afford it.
4: Then there were these, in, these disincentives that they offered the non-graduate women. If you were poorly educated, that means you had no O-levels or minimal O-levels, um, you could marry and have two children. And if you then got yourself, um, yourself sterilised, they would give you a cash grant. $10,000 to be specific. If you then subsequently go and have more babies, you have to return that money with interest.
1: And those who are having too many of them, they will have to carry their own burdens if they insist on believing that it is cheaper to have eight and more.
4: So it was, um, it was these elitist, sexist policies that got people upset one such upset person. Convulgent sign. I am 77
3: years old. I consider myself the young old.
0: <laughs> you look <laughs> and, like the young and old. And anyway,
3: to me, chronological age is less important. I wish you had asked me my biological age. Ah. And uh, What is your I, biological age? My biological age, I feel about 52.
0: In 1983, Kani, as she's known, was a surgeon. In the 90s, she would become Singapore's first female nominated Member of Parliament and table a bill that would change the lives of domestic violence survivors across the country. For now, though, she was merely a doctor feeling indignant
3: about her government. I do not believe in eugenics because, from a scientific point like of you view, I so. know it does not. It's not true. But again, there's a fallacy because here we are mixing up nurture and nature. Because intelligence is not something that passes down by a single gene. Intelligence is polygenic. What's more, a
0: person's natural intelligence is only one factor in whether or not she has a degree.
3: Women who, for whatever reason, didn't go to university, maybe they, many of them made sacrifices at that time so that they could support their family, they could look after their parents. So many of them who did not go to university were then being discriminated, while those who were lucky enough to go to university and being paid at the taxpayer's expense, their education, they were then being lauded and held as examples who should get even more privileges. For months,
0: the Graduate Mothers Scheme united many women in outrage. In November 1984, Margie Thomas and Kani Soyn found themselves speaking on a panel at the National University of Singapore. The panel was titled, Women's Choices, Women's Lives. It was organized by Vivian Wee, a professor at the university, and Zaibun Siraj, an organizer with the Graduate Society NUSS.
4: I have no idea who Ivan Siraj was inviting me to take part in this seminar. But
0: what the heck, Margie thought. So she turned up and met the other attendees, a disparate and accomplished bunch. There was Hedwig Anwar, director of the National Library of Singapore, Lai A. Ng, a social anthropologist, and bookseller Lina Lim. The air was abuzz with frustration. Why were women being singled out by the government as the problem with fertility? Why were women being positioned as mothers and wives above all else? This emphasis on graduates. Wouldn't it disadvantage Singapore's ethnic minority communities? As is, they tended to have limited educational mobility.
4: Maggie was scheduled to speak last. She listened to the other speakers. The others wrote about, talked about women in medicine or women in um, public office or whatever and try to figure out what she was going to say being a journalist I was a bit lazy and doing last minute work and I scrawled a few things out as the others were talking you know the point that Maggie cobbled together was this look it's very good for us to come here and grumble about what's going on about women's lives and women's choices but if we want to bring about any change who's going to do it what's the point of this forum if people like us, the educated lead, are not prepared to step forward and get into politics or get into a position where we can influence policy, then why grumble? The other women agreed. So a group decided to meet again and keep talking. And this led to a whole series of meetings, which eventually led to us forming a pro-tem committee and forming a AWARE. The Association of Women
0: for Action and Research. Library director Hedwig
4: Anwa came up with the name, Maggie recalls. What was great was it gave us an A at the start. So, in any lists or groups, we tend to be at the, at the top of the list, on the other top. And um, it's just so perfect that it fell into place when she suggested it. I mean, you know, are you aware of what's happening? And um, so, when people end up saying, Yes, I'm aware, <laughs> it's and, uh, a wonderful. Uh, you know, uh, affirmation of um, what we're doing.
0: It was to be Singapore's very first women's rights advocacy group, openly calling out the patriarchal laws and systems subjecting
4: women to poverty and abuse. We did actually look at the women's groups at that time to say, well, maybe we should join them rather than start our own group. But there were no advocacy-related groups, no no activist groups. There were cultural groups, professional groups,
0: ladies-who-lunch groups, which all had their place, but none had the scope or ambition, the blood and the guts of AWARE. The pro tem committee met after work. They gathered in their homes, in public libraries, even in the waiting room of Kani Soyn's surgery.
3: So we used to, you know, all the patients' chairs, then we rearranged them so that we could all face each other. I think it was about 12 of us, or maybe, you know, 12 sounds like an ominous number. <laughs> there was no Judas Iscariot, fortunately. Mm. <laughs> they talked for hours on end, into the early morning,
0: forgetting the men and the children at home, the work waiting at their desks.
4: There was a lot of argument and laughter. It got there hectic at times you know and there were furious arguments and that's okay that's good right well the the arguments are good and the arguments are good for singapore i mean you know you need to have because we were coming from the same elite group we were so conscious that we were might be talking to ourselves so we needed to have the other uh, points of view and, and and challenges and instinctively perhaps we, we we recognize that this is what civil society is all about
0: but it was exhausting. A new and sometimes uncomfortable frontier. Maggie remembers some early reservations on her part about committing to aware
4: so wholeheartedly. Because as a journalist, you try and stay objective and non-partisan. Uh, the moment you are committed to a cause, then your columns, whatever you write about it, could be labeled as representing a partisan point of view. So I was a bit hesitant about getting involved with something, but the anger of the times, the mood of the times was such that you had to.
0: She remembered the urge that had seized her to walk out on Di Kuan Yu at the National Day Rally in 1983. Now she had found her tribe, a band of outsiders who saw things that nobody else could, and not just little things, but big, sprawling structural problems with how the world worked and they were going to do something about it.
5: AWARE is but three months old today. There is much to do and even more to be learned. AWARE needs the support of individuals like you. Join us and be AWARE.
0: To navigate the tenuous political terrain of 1980s Singapore, AWARE's members chose for their first president the eminently respectable, politically non-threatening Lena Lim, a wife,
4: mother and working woman, daughter of a diplomat. She's the most conventional in a way. Chinese, married, mother of two businesswomen, not an academic who might be accused of being radical. One person who didn't find
0: this reason very compelling was Lena Lim herself. Here she is
5: there were so many names in that initial group uh, who all deserved the presidency. And every one of them found an excuse to decline it. (laughs) I wasn't the best choice. I was the last choice. But with hindsight now, I suppose that maybe a quieter, a softer person would be more appropriate than somebody who's out there battling everybody. Quieter, softer... That was the face that
0: Aware aimed to present as much as possible. Members carefully modulated
5: the tone of their letters and speeches. Instead of saying we demand, we said we we suggest or we, we propose, you, you know things like that. As Kani remembers, this diminutive approach worked.
3: They just saw us as a women's organization, and oh, what can they do? I think the government was sleeping. And they did not realise that the power of women is—it uh, is, it can be subtle. I don't recall that the authorities were that threatened by AWARE. But if the government was sleeping in the mid-80s,
0: it would soon awaken with a vengeance. Just as AWARE was finding its feet, something happened that made its members question everything they thought they knew about activism and organising. In May and June of 1987, 22 people were arrested and detained without trial under Singapore's Internal Security Act, an operation codenamed Spectrum.
5: Lena Lin was into her second year as AWARE president. The arrests came, and for a long time, there was no statement as to why those arrests were made. Weeks and weeks and weeks, the, we did not know. We really got pretty scared. The detainees were ordinary people.
0: Social workers, Catholic church workers, student organisers, playwrights and publishers. Three of them were AWARE members. And because nobody knew what they had done, a panic spread across civil society,
5: including AWARE's leadership. In the initial days, there was great fear amongst the ex-co members. Some of us had gone home quickly to trash whatever materials they thought thought were going to incriminate them.
0: Eventually, the Ministry of Home Affairs released a statement accusing the detainees of a quote-unquote Marxist conspiracy against the state. The detainees later categorically denied any Marxist associations. They said that they were just regular individuals campaigning against inequality and other societal ills. Whatever the truth was, it soon became clear that AWARE wasn't directly in the government's crosshairs. After weeks of anxiety and confusion, Lena and company heaved a sigh of relief. The Women's Rights Organization would live to see another day. Yet, in many ways, Operation Spectrum is the ghost, the spectre, if you will, that haunts the rest of our story. Its lasting impact on activism in Singapore, on life in general, is hard to quantify. Ask anyone who lived through that time and they'll speak of a chilling effect, a pall that settled upon the nation's burgeoning civil society. In the wake of Operation Spectrum, AWARE postponed the launch of a research report. Activity grew stilted. People spoke more quietly. Even if you were too young to remember the incident, chances are its consequences have already seeped into you. Maggie says it's now part of the Singaporean
4: DNA. It starts in schools, it goes through the whole of our lives. It's self-censorship, it is self-questioning. We've been told so many times, we've got here, we're in a very precarious position. If you take one wrong step, this is the slippery slope that will lead to kinds of all kinds of nasty things Um, so yes we are constantly looking over our shoulder we're constantly asking ourselves uh, is this the right thing to do you know what are the implications Um, it's not all bad you know in some ways it's good that we are constantly checking and so on but it does mean that we inhibit ourselves a lot Um, we don't necessarily ask all the right questions. And it also means that we have built up a system in which um, leaders, political leaders, policymakers, and ourselves too, uh, don't know how to tackle difficult questions, don't know how to deal with conflict, don't know how to um, respond when someone is critical. And this cannot be good for us as a society. Back in 1987, what could AWARE do? Just pick itself up and carry on. They just did it so much more carefully, looking over your shoulder a bit more, or more than they did before. But the commitment to the cause was still there. There were, there were issues, there were, there were still all these laws that discriminated against women.
0: After the near crisis of Operation Spectrum, AWARE rallied and grew from strength to strength. AWARE-influenced policies, for example, lobbying for the families of female civil servants to receive the same benefits as families of male civil servants. It advocated against the quota that capped female students at a third of the medical school cohort at the National University of Singapore. AWARE also began offering support services, such as a telephone helpline, in-person counselling and a legal clinic. So when I
5: caught the hotline, everything was a blur, you know, Physically, emotionally. Most of people, when they need help, they are so ashamed to came forward. Like, like me, I have no one to turn to. Where help well, It's a safe, non judgmental space for women. I coin knowing that the organisation as a whole fights for women's rights. It gives me a sense that somebody on the other end would be a little
2: bit more apathetic about the situations that we, as in women, has been experiencing.
0: The organization even survived a rift that emerged in 1995 when members argued bitterly over whether or not they could describe AWARE as feminist. Even though the term essentially describes someone who believes in equal rights and opportunities for all genders, the unfortunate negative stereotype it carried was seen by some as detrimental to AWARE's image. The upshot? While most everyone acknowledged that AWARE was doing feminist work, They thought the term too radical and frightening for Singapore's conservative political climate. So it was shelved for a while. To the casual observer then, all was going well at AWARE. It was doing what its founders had set out to do, make a real impact on women's lives. By 2009 though, some cracks were starting to show. This constant stream of activity had pushed some members into a cycle. Friends at work, then burnout, then a period of reluctant respite before starting up again. Even the founder members were carving out more space for everything else in their lives. They stopped coming to aware events regularly, especially the boring procedural events like the annual general meetings. Margie had been in England before the 2009 AGM, tending
4: to an aunt who eventually passed away. So in the lead up to the AGM, I was really not involved. I was away and not intending to go to the AGM, as I hadn't been doing for the last few years. Very few of us were directly involved in AWARE at that point. In the first 20 odd years, there were some very uh, clear laws and policies that discriminated against women and which AWARE was challenging. But by 2009, by late, to 20s, the obvious ones had been solved. There were still many issues, but they were not as glaring. As for Kani, other things had begun to
0: occupy her energies, like WINGS, or the Women's Initiative for Aging Successfully,
3: another charity she had founded. And because of that, I had was not so active in AWARE. But you were still a member? Of course, I'm a life member of yeah. AWARE. I will never give it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was in the end. But there was some times I did not attend the AGM unless there was a pressing issue. So that is how it came to be, that to my regret, I wasn't there in 2009 at the AGM. Not that it would have made a difference.
0: Returning now to 2009, AWARE's 24th AGM was underway and it was shaping up to be an afternoon of surprises. For one, the vast majority of the meeting's 102 attendees were new members who had only recently joined the association. And these women were behaving very differently from your typical eager new AWARE member. There was something different about them. It's hard to describe. Maybe it's not even in the eyes. That's Chu E. Jin, an AWARE member and volunteer since 1995. For E. Jin, the newcomer's demeanour wasn't the only surprise. In a major upset, E. Jin had just lost the vice president's seat on the executive committee to Charlotte Lim, who had no prior experience with AWARE. All right, Dr.
2: Charlotte Lim has been... Uh, Dr. Charlotte Lim has been... Uh,
0: This was a sharp deviation from the leadership plan devised by outgoing President Connie Singham and newly elected President Claire Nazar. The veterans in the room were ruffled. But no matter, there were 11 other places on the executive committee. For Honorary Secretary, Connie put up Lillian Wong, Formerly the illustrious HR director for the Grand Hyatt Hotels, Lillian was now retired. Connie had roped her into a wear a few years prior, hoping that Lillian could make the organization run more professionally. But after Lillian wrapped up her speech, another surprise nomination rang out. From Jenica Chua, another new member. In fact, it was Jenica who had nominated Charlotte Lim for vice president earlier. Jenica spoke confidently and assertively.
2: Okay, hello everybody. I'd like to introduce myself. I'm Jenica Chua. I am a business consultant. So um, I work with um, SAP, which is one of the largest uh, business software company in the world. Um, So uh, what I do is that I work with customers. I actually help them review their business processes. I help them to build a business case for investments and to save millions of dollars a year.
0: Like Charlotte, Jenica rattled off her professional experience and cited Connie's call for new blood.
2: So I think uh, my connections um, would be useful in reaching out to to working women, uh, to women in the corporate world, to communicate and reach out to them. Because as you said, um, I think as Constance mentioned, we want to have new blood and I'm actually very excited Like
0: Charlotte, Jenica did not give much of an explanation about her interest in AWARE. As far as volunteer work went, all she mentioned was a brief stint she had done as a counsellor for formerly incarcerated women.
6: Can I find out what
2: has been your interest in
5: AWARE
2: and what have you been uh, doing for AWARE? Okay, Um, so far my interest in AWARE is a lot in the direct services. Because I've been working in volunteer groups, but have you been actually reaching up? this organisation aware? Uh, no, that's why um, I'm a new blood. Okay, I'm campaigning as new blood, and the reason why I think aware is the organization to be in is because um, I've been looking at the publicity, like uh, Lena. Lena is on in the newspaper, you know, about women being proactive at all ages of life, and also you know, constant through publicity. So I think this is a good place to be in. So thank you.
0: Now, Veteran Aware member Halija Muhammad asked Jenica a question. It was a pointed one. And when she asked it, some people blinked. Did
2: I ask you something? Yes. Do you believe in feminism and that men and women must be given equal opportunities and equal rights? Um, I want to speak from working in a management consulting company.
0: Dana Lam, herself a former AWARE president, reflects
5: now on Jenica's words. It felt like I was hedging. So I just felt they were hedging. Mm. I felt that it was a very easy question to answer. Yes, I believe women should be equal. Yes, I understand. I believe. I believe but
2: let me, explain, let me explain my background too. I believe that men and women can work hand in hand and women can raise to the same situation, same position as men. In terms of capability, I believe that women are no less, just for sure. Uh, uh, I believe that women can rise up to as much as women, if that's your definition. Women can
0: rise up to the same position as men, Jenica had said. In what context? Her answer, oddly phrased as it was, only opened up more questions. It was not the unqualified proclamation of gender equality many in the room were hoping for. Unsatisfied, Connie, chair of the AGM, felt compelled to speak up. Now,
2: I do want to emphasise this is a feminist
4: organisation
2: for 23 years we have fought for equality, and that is why was, that is why we are passionate about equality. So there is no there is no compromise on that. We believe in equality. Men and women should be treated equally. They should be respected as equals. If you do not believe in that, please do not stand for election. That is my... We have fought for too long to give up the fight now and to compromise.
0: Gone were any reservations about defining AWARE as a feminist organization. Some newcomers in the room, however, did not seem to agree. One woman even challenged the basic premise of feminism the existence of gender inequality.
2: In our education system, men and women are treated equally. In our career, in opportunity in Singapore, men and women are treated equally. So in our country, we have equal rights. So from that perspective, we are unlike other developing countries or other countries where they discriminate women. Do we believe that?
0: (laughs) This new member insisted that men and women in Singapore already had equal rights and opportunities. As the crowd of newcomers burst into applause, AWARE veterans, Dana, Halija and Connie, looked around in bewilderment. AWARE's mission was to fight for gender equality. To assert categorically that the fight was already over was, well, bizarre. I
3: was perplexed, I was puzzled, I was mystified surely you must share some of our philosophy, right? Surely you must have been involved in our activities. Surely you must be feminist at heart. Surely you must believe in uh, non-discrimination, that the woman have a bad lot in life as it is now.
0: Now, one of the three associate members in the room stood up, Tanika Zeeuwe, a Dutch woman and lifelong feminist who had recently moved to Singapore. Tanika was a new member too. In fact, this was her first AWARE event ever.
7: As I was looking through all the paperwork, being completely astounded at the level of work that AWARE was doing, at the same time, as I was surprised at the informality of the meeting, Connie was almost proud of the fact that you could walk in and immediately become a member and quite potentially become an EXCO member on the same day. And that, as she was talking about that, made me slightly uncomfortable.
0: So when Charlotte and Jenica, two members boasting as little aware experience as herself, stood for election, Tanaka sat there, an inner debate raging. She didn't feel at ease with the newcomers taking these top ex positions. But who was she to comment? After all, one thing she was wary of as a European living in Asia was falling into the white
7: saviour trap. Is this idea that, that Caucasians have, that they have done everything and they know everything better. I do not believe that it is appropriate for any majority power group to start telling minority power groups how they should act and how they should fight. But at this AGM, she could not take it anymore. I couldn't believe that there was nobody saying anything. And I didn't really want to disrespect the people who were there. But just to say, really guys, are you, are you not seeing this happen? How are you not shouting? She would do the shouting.
6: My name is Tana Kazeou. I am a paid-up associate member, which means I cannot currently vote. I must admit, I have not myself been actively involved with this organization, although I have been obviously watching everything that's happening here. I have to say, I am also a long-term feminist, somebody who's been involved with a number of feminist organizations in a number of countries. And I am deeply uncomfortable watching people who have not been involved, actively involved with this organization, coming on to the board. I would be uncomfortable watching this in any environment, and this is not a slight to any of the people involved, I do not know them, and I do not actively know the other people involved. I am saying I am very uncomfortable watching people who have not been involved with the organisation being voted on to a board or even putting themselves forward for a board so my apologies it is not a personal slight but it is not something i would approve of thank you
0: tanika had broken a dam now dana lam stood up
2: too I, i i have been feeling very uncomfortable but at the same time also wasn't sure if it was the right thing to speak up uh i'm very happy and excited to see so many new nominations but I think I'd like to remind us when we're voting, we're voting for the top positions on the board. The, uh, the new members, the new members who are very amply qualified, I think will be excellent as members of the board. I think that we have to think very carefully, voting very new people into the, the, in, into the top leadership, decision-making, because we have also been working on continuity for many years, yes, and we are barely starting to put a foot on the platform of continuity. We we would like not to have to deal with a completely new slate of people who have had no history with uh, the organisation. At this,
0: newcomer and now honorary secretary nominee, Jenica Chua, bristled. She pointed out that Connie, as immediate past president, would be constitutionally obliged to serve on the next Exco anyway. And maybe, she said, Dana should be a little less clingy. I mean, this concern
2: about new blood to me is like, it's a lot about... Are you willing to let go? You know? It's not like we are not giving input. It's not like the ex president it's not there to help here and give continuity. But I, I think to to just keep raising this concerns about new blood, uh to me it is something which we have to we have to move forward.
0: Halija cut in. don't
2: misunderstand you us. we're not anti new blood. We are for new blood, yeah? Our point is this that If if you truly believe in the vision of AWARE, in the objectives of AWARE, there is no need to spearhead it by jumping on the board to become the key decision and policy makers. You can show your your philosophy, your belief in what we are doing through the many projects that we have. Start with the many committees that we have. From there, we can see whether you truly believe in the vision of AWARE or not. So it is not that let me make this very clear. Today, it is not that we are anti-New Blood, yeah? Our concern is that the vision and objectives of AWAY are maintained. We don't work uh, from 1985 until now for it to, to see it go down the drain.
0: Listening to that now, Halija can only
3: laugh. Oh, I must have been pretty angry by then. In a way, we are sensible people. Yes, we have differences of opinion, but at the end of the day, we are sensible. So I thought I was dealing with a bunch of sensible people. Obviously, it wasn't the case. Yeah.
0: Presiding over this battle, poor Connie tried valiantly to appear breezy and in charge, though she admits now, internally, a storm was brewing.
2: I'm very good at... uh... Standing confident and strong, and nobody knows my stomach is churning, my heart is beating. Nobody knows. I'm not this public speaker. I'm an introvert. Nobody mm. can see what's happening within me.
0: Nevertheless, she urged everyone to continue with the election. How many
2: people in favour of Lilian Gb on stage for the next certificate will see? All right, the next candidate. Uh, Jenica Chua. How many of you feel in favor of Jenica Chua?
0: She didn't even have to count the show of hands.
2: All right, Jenica.
0: Jenica Chua has been overwhelmingly elected as the next honorary secretary. The elections hurtled onwards, the same surreal pattern repeating itself. Newcomer Sally Ang challenged Claire Nazar's nominee Catherine Pei for Assistant Honorary Secretary. Newcomer Maureen Ong challenged Lillian running again for Treasurer. AWARE veterans grew increasingly agitated at the turn of events and the stumped speeches by the newcomers continued to ring out, strangely hollow. This is Sally Ang's speech.
2: So when I joined the AWARE... I joined with a vision that women in Singapore will be going to achieve a voice. Not only a voice, but progress and growth in many areas. So that Singapore will be held up as an example to the Southeast Asia and eventually to the world at large. Oh yes, I truly believe that women is a force in every nation. Through women, everything can be achieved. The oppressed can be lifted up, the poor can be enriched. Because women can be a good support morally, financially for other women. If we come out to sacrifice for our fellow women and bring them up to a level where we can say these are our fellow beings or fellow citizens, then we can say To the world, it is possible. It can be achieved. This is the passion of women. In fact, it through the women, the nation can be set up. To be
0: some people in the room went wild for Sally's platitudes about women's passions, their ability to unshackle the oppressed, and other apparent superpowers. But to others, these statements came off as empty empowerment slogans.
2: We believe in the cause of women, for women, because of the
0: betterment of the nation yeah. The uneasy feeling deepened in Halija, Ijin, Dana, and the rest. An uncanny valley produced by the newcomer's words, as if those words were mimicking the conviction of Connie and other aware presidents.
3: I was sure they don't know what feminism is
0: at that time. It didn't matter. One vote closed.
2: Alright. Sari and has been elected to the following
0: Then another.
2: Alright, the Maureen has been elected to be the treasurer.
0: And each time the strangers won. For it looked like we were being swallowed up by unknowns. Remember Tanju Him? She was the aware past president at the beginning of the last episode who came late to the AGM in the middle of this growing maelstrom. Arriving late, him did what nobody else had thought to do. The registration list was at the door. So I was, I was the last person to come in. I signed on it and then I thought, you know what? Let's just take this list and start Googling the names on it. And I think there was one... One and only one male member, so he he was an obvious candidate to Google. Alan Chin. She typed his name in. The results came up, and My heart just sank. The search results were horrifying. She had to share them with the others immediately. I think we just looked at each other just when Oh no. Not good news. <laughs> On the next episode of Saga.
1: Do we want a Singapore where same-sex marriage prevails? If I as a straight Chinese male who's a lawyer in Singapore don't speak up, then
5: that community will never be able to speak up. There are a lot of straight allies. And it's not some kind of crazy
1: fringe minority view.
4: They were single laser focused. We are going to we are going to keep this law and it doesn't matter how we do it.
0: For this podcast, we reached out to Claire Nazar, Alan Chin, Jenica Chua, Charlotte Lim, Maureen Ong, and Sally Ang. They either declined or did not respond to our interview requests. Saga is hosted by me, Bharati Jagdish. It was written and produced by Jasmine Ng and Kelly Liao. Audio post-production by Mocha Chai Laboratories, with sound design by Chong Sin Ying and Amelia Sai. Noraina Sapari was our associate producer, and Bali Ko Jaswal was our story consultant. Original score by Wei and Din of the band Dot Jiff, and additional music from the Free Music Archive under the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial license. Artwork by John Albrecht. Gwen Lim was our marketing strategist. We received editorial assistance from Kaspin Paraskasis Narayan. Lim Zetian, Megan Tan, and a tireless group of interns. We're also grateful to Splice Studios and Neon Sound. Visit aware.org.sg slash saga for bonus clips, links to archival material, an interactive timeline, character map, and more.